said, have you been committed? Have you been? Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change. The podcast will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. It's good to be here today with Effective Heart Change. Welcome, Dale. Thank you, sir. I always look forward to it. Uh, had a you, you stranded me <laughs> in charge of the uh, the meeting before, and uh, we had a good time. We had uh, good some good conversation, and uh, hopefully, we sent them away with uh, something to to build on and and think about. It is interesting when you're able to ask questions, and that's kind of what we do here. We just actually have a real discussion. When you enter into real conversation with people, it's powerful. We talked communion today, and uh, there's, the, there's the ritual, the rite of communion, Last Supper, uh, and celebrating that, and, and different denominations do it in different ways. Uh, but communion is a much bigger thing than just that particular thing. That's a reminder, and it's a reenactment, and uh, there are different thoughts on how deep that goes. Uh, but the fact is communion is a great word uh, in, in life and in faith because that's what it's all about. We got to deeper questions like, why did God create us? And communion is a word for that. What do we do in relationships? It's communion. Uh, what, are you, what are we doing in, in a group meeting? It's communion. And, and so uh, we, we broaden that a little bit, and I hope that uh, I've challenged the group to, to think of that word, on that word this week. So I'll be interested to, to see and hear what you hear and, uh, and get uh, feedback myself. It is interesting. I think it was yesterday somebody brought to me the idea of the interruptions and the fact that so much of Jesus' ministry was interruption and God is more in the interruptions than he actually is in the teaching. And in fact, they brought up this story of where the four friends let the guy down through mm -hmm. the roof to be healed and they said, isn't it interesting that none of Jesus' sermon is even referenced there? So the most significant piece there was an interruption, and it gets back to people and relationships and all of the different factors there. We happen to live in a culture where accomplishing is everything when maybe there's something else that is significant. Well, let's, let's bring this back around to where we are today. We're in the spiritual layer of committing, and part of the reason that I called it committing rather than mission, which is what people might have named it, is for exactly what we're talking about here. Much of a person getting to where they need to be in life actually is about becoming the kind of person who can have the kind of relationships that actually last are solid where communion is happening at a deeper level, that's what makes life meaningful. That's what makes life impactful. But because we live in a culture that it's all about accomplishing, it's all about making the dollar, it's all about obtaining wealth or a career, all, a career or all of the above, I think many times we miss 
the idea of mission and what God's idea of mission is, which is much more about people and relationships. And so then we're over here going, what's my task in life? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to say? And so I chose not to call this layer mission for that exact reason, and I chose to call it committing because that brings us back into the people as well as the tasks and the very things that we're supposed to do. I don't recall where I first heard it, but it's had a profound effect on my life that uh, someone in a sermon or a writing, I don't even remember that, but made the observation that Jesus, uh, on the way, along the way, that's the way, that's where he really did his work, on the way to the cross, along the way to the cross. And, and uh, that's practiced communion. No matter who he came in contact with, that was the focus of his attention. And the best definition of the Great Commission is, as you are going. As you are going, disciple people. As you are going, influence people. As you are going, do something worthwhile, do something significant. But we've turned that completely into the word mission or calling or task that we do. It's no longer about people. And to get that real thing, you need to package those two things together in the way that God intended. It's, it's important to have a destination. Uh, but it's not the most important thing on a day-to-day basis because you have to get there, and, and, and how you get there matters, and what you do along the way matters. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see where we're going to, we're going to go uh, in the process of getting to committing. Well, AA talks about my loose, loose, loose paraphrase. Their 12th step is give it away. In other words, once you've gained, once you've taken in this stuff, now you have an obligation, a duty. And in fact, if you're going to stay healthy, you keep practicing this, you keep growing in it by giving away what you have received. God does kind of the same thing. As we grow and we learn, we have that responsibility to give it away. I've talked about in the series of of steps that we've talked about, I've used the term adulting before. The idea of, okay, I move from that child stage, which are the early phases where I'm mostly receiving and I'm drinking in and I'm getting a layer of safe or I'm getting a layer of belonging. And that's more what's being given to me. Now we're on the layers that is more about what's flowing through me. And when I'm giving to other people, those are the final development steps. And of course, this one, which is called committing, now I'm focusing in on who God has called me to be, who he wants me to do it with, how he wants me to do do it, and developing some expertise in that, when I bring those things together and there's a solidness and a consistency, now I do have a place in the world and I can make an impact on lives. And in the end, that makes me actually feel better about me. Uh, the, the word I'm getting is purpose uh, as I'm, uh, in what you're describing. And I think too much emphasis, uh, particularly in America, is about career. It is about uh, stuff, 
It's it's about the the idea that I've got to have this head in certain where I'm going, and and that's that's why I'm here. Period. Well, uh, I think we miss out on a lot because we're 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 projecting into the future what we think we are to be now. You are who you are now, and it's a process. Even if that is where you're supposed to go, uh, that destination, uh, there's, uh, there are things to take care of in the present. We tend to, to put all our money on the, on the future, and, and then we find ourselves in a position when it doesn't turn out that way of being totally lost. I can tell you, I would never have projected doing the Omega Project. I would never have projected working with addicts, all of the different things that I have done. I certainly wouldn't have projected sitting in this chair talking to you, you know, and, and walking through these things. That just wasn't on my radar. It wasn't in my thought pattern. But what I did do, I spent a lot of time stepping back and saying, God, who have you created me to be? How do I grow into that? How do I develop an expertise in that? And as I grew into that and I simply obeyed God one step at a time, I came into my, the word that you just used, I came into my purpose in a way that I've really settled in. And I look back and I marvel and I say, wow, God, look at what you have done. All I've done is just kind of stumbled along and obeyed you and lived life and kind of found my way through this thing. And there's some pretty cool stuff happening. And he says, that's all I wanted. <laughs> exactly. And so committing, my commitment was to hear the voice of God, figure out who I was, how that could bless God step by step, and all of a sudden things start fitting. That's a pretty cool life to, to be allowed to be that person and live that way, and that's what God has for us. Neat stuff. Let's take a few moments to discuss where we've been, and then we'll continue. We spent a lot of time on communion, and I, what you described there at the end of that give and take with God, uh, that's the, through this, and we spent a lot of time on the Holy Spirit, and that communion that you've been blessed with, I called it an advantage, and picked up on that, uh, the advantage that is available to everyone, but is only re in, in receiving. Uh, it really, really personalizes it. It really gives you that sense of, I'm in communion with God, literally in communion with God. And, and uh, my, my question to him was, why were you created? I mean, God was in and of himself, and then he didn't need anything else. But he chose, and why did he choose? And, and it was interesting to, to hear the group kind of struggle with that idea that uh, asked that question of themselves, and it was like, kind of like, wow. Part of my answer to that would be, I'm going to call it the canvas. You know, the, there's this developing painting, if you will. I talk about heart change comes through heart choice. Growth comes through life. God doesn't just 
breathe you into existence. I, I think when God created a tree, he created a tree. When he created light, he created light. But when God created you, when God created me, he created the tree, as it were. He created the physical piece. And I believe he also created core values and character and stuff. And that's all in your spiritual DNA. But the way you and I as human beings are created, that doesn't unfold until we're interacting with him and we're interacting with people. And now the canvas is beginning to be painted on and there's details and color being brought to life. And that all happens through a life process. I'm, I'm, you bring the, the painting in. Uh, Bob Ross is famous on, on TV for painting. His mentor was William Alexander, who was a German gentleman. And his favorite expression while he was painting and encouraging the viewer was, you be the creator. <laughs> you be the creator. And I believe that's a gift that we've received from God in the, the creative license he's given us in our particular lives and in the lives of others. And, and so when you mentioned that, with the canvas and everything, it reminded me of William Alexander. I, I still, uh, that periodically comes in through my mind, that, that expression, you be the creator. That's a gift that God has given us, and, and it's a big part of how we, we connect and we move on and have that communion with others. In the language of Scripture, it's interesting. There's multiple places where it says, God who created you from the womb, mm -hmm. not in the womb, but from the womb. And the idea there being, literally, he's been fashioning you, he's been shaping you step by step all the way through this process. Now, to come back to this layer, which is committing, if I'm not surrendered to God, if I'm not committed to God, if I'm not listening to God, that process is a pretty one-sided process. And God has put in you, while you were in the womb, he's put in you these deep desires. He's put in you some of these different core things. So they're there, and they're going to be lived out in some sort of fashion, but they're not going to grow into adulthood. They're not going to grow into a place to where you actually can give meaningful stuff to others, because as we've especially talked about in the previous layers, when I'm in a selfish zone and it's all about me, can I ever get into a mission zone? And that's what this one's about, but I, I already talked about why I use the word committing instead of mission, but I can't get into that mission zone if I'm selfish. So I've got to lose me. I've got to get caught up in God. I've got to see his purpose for me. I've got to see how I relate and interact with other people. When those things start coming together, I start finding my mission. But to some extent, I find my mission by losing my mission and it becoming about God, Him speaking to me, me following through. It becomes about the people around me and committing. This is one of the interesting steps in, in Good to Great. Uh, Jim Collins talks about this, and, and it's really powerful said, before any great company comes to pass, what tends to happen is you've got to figure out who's on the bus. And what he means by that phrase is, you got to figure out who the significant people are that you're going to do things with. So if a company is developing, 
It's not that I find this mission. I go out as a headhunter and I find exactly the right people to complete my mission. Well, that's good. But what he found in great companies that performed extremely high, the people got on the bus first. And here's a group of people that we can interact with and we spark one another and we're very different, but we're able to walk in unity. When you get the right people on the bus, that's a significant part of being able to do the mission. And so finding those people that God has put in your life, committing to them, interacting in ways that you trust one another, these are powerful words, and they're established in some of the previous layers. If those layers aren't in place, I can't begin to do this more adulting layer. Well, we're talking about being creative and painting. Uh, it would appear to me that uh, big picture is something that ought to come into this discussion because what, what the big picture allows, if I'm tunnel vision, uh, I only have me involved, uh, it's going to be a restricted painting that I'm going to produce. My creativity, if I have any, is is all about what I want and what I see and what I can comprehend, and that's a pretty limited uh, canvas. But when I step back and get a, a, a bigger, big picture view uh, and include others, uh, include other ideas, uh, build, and, and then, as you say, uh, bring others in that, that are on the bus already, uh, I can I can produce more from an individual basis because I have the input and the out, outflow of of creativity that isn't just restricted to what I know. And when we when we're talking about God's presence and His active part that He He takes when we are receptive, uh, it, it, the possibilities are many, many times fold uh, above what we could have produced on our own. Let me talk big picture me for a little bit and how it unfolded with me, because I think that's instructive. And remember, especially in the 2000 range, maybe even a little before that, 1995, somewhere in there, there was a period where I began to take a good critical look at myself and who has God created me to be, and I'm doing a lot of that sort of stuff. And I started boiling it down to some of these deep desires. And I'm a knowledge guy, which is pretty evident. If you're around me, I want to know things. I want to understand things. But I soon figured out that I'm just, I'm not a knowledge guy for knowledge's sake. I'm a knowledge guy in a way that helps people. Practical. That is really able to get into relationships and speak to people and help them change lives. So if that knowledge isn't able to be applied to people and how they live in their lives, well, that's not cool, at least in terms of the way that, that I think and what I desire. Then I stepped back and started looking at a whole different point of view. And I started looking back and realizing that when I got out of college and I started teaching school, I was in a school setting with a track system, and I'm teaching a lot of lower-level kids that are struggling. And then a few years later, I'm in a Christian school setting, and, and there's a whole bunch of kids that have actually been removed from the public school, and I'm, again, teaching difficult kids, and, and I'm pastoring. And while I'm pastoring, 
it's a startup church, and so you have a lot of people who are broken, disgruntled, that are maybe coming from other churches or been unchurched. And so instead of dealing with the normal church crowd, you're dealing with what? A broken crowd again. And all of a sudden, I start figuring out that, okay, God, hmm, I'm watching what you have been doing. You are focusing me on working with broken people. But listen to all of this process. Big picture, I just, I'm just stepping back, watching a little bit of who I am in combination with what God has been doing to figure out, okay, I don't know what job I'm supposed to do. I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to go, but I'm kind of supposed to be this person somewhat working with these people. I have a big picture. You have a big picture and you have the opportunity to ask, where do I go from here? We're back to questions. Uh, The questions you ask in those moments, those aha moments, are critical. Uh, It's the difference between uh, spinning your wheels and uh, or getting on the wrong road, and actually having that that commitment to a future. It may not be crystal clear at all, but you have a general idea. And the question is, okay, God, I'm seeing this. Is my vision good? And where do we go from here? When it was time to start the Omega Project, and I actively started working with addicts and alcoholics, I was able to look back and realize, oh wow. You know, I could even go back into college as an RA and, and then my first teaching job. And, and you're starting to put all of these pieces together. It's like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do this. I don't think it's actually my choice, but I'm able to see the pattern of what God had been doing, embrace what God's been doing, and then say yes to God. This is how it works, and it's, it's neat stuff. We want to take a moment to examine, you know, where we've been. We're pretty good at going a lot of different places a in, a, picture. In, a, in a period of time. But look at that picture, and then we will continue. When, when I was in school... Uh, we took, it was a, either, probably a, a freshman year thing, and I can't remember, it was like a civics course, but it was uh, basically, it was directional of what kind of career you should be thinking about. And my observation is over the years, it's only gotten younger and younger and younger to where they're, they're talking about what you're going to do for the rest of your life when they're six and seven-year-old kids. And I'm thinking, that's not, that really isn't, that's the, the cart before the horse. And, and, it, and it promotes a negativity because if I, somewhere along the line, uh, amazingly don't end up headed that direction, I'm a failure. And, and I think that that has a big influence on, on, on the, the psyche of an individual that they're pointed in this direction. You need this. You got to have this. Duh, it's just hammered into them. And then they're a typical teenager and a typical young adult. And they're, I don't really want to go to college, but everybody says I have to. And and I I I was in 
PE and, and physical education uh, graduate level. And by the time I was a junior, I knew I didn't really want to do that. And, but, but I'm already committed. And so then people end up doing jobs and taking positions that they really don't want to do and don't even have an interest in anymore. But it was their choice in their career. Uh, that's just stifling. My son's interesting in terms, he went through architecture, like to a master's degree level. Uh, incredible sacrifice to do that. Got out and kind of like, I don't think I want to do <laughs> never, that. Never I, I don't want to be cooped up in an office. And I can remember the discussion that I had with him. So then what do you want to do? And his next statement was, well, I want to flip houses. I want to I want to take what I've learned and I want to put it to a practical application. Well, it's kind of neat. The training that he had done really catapulted him. He was able to step into being a general contractor and doing some other kinds of things. It would have been kind of a hard road to go, so it wasn't wasted. But, you know, if you were going to do the most efficient route, you definitely wouldn't have gone that way. But it's, that's, that's how life works. Application. Uh, you know, what you have, what you've been given, what God has gifted you with, uh, it could be directed in, in any number of ways. But the application that he desires uh, is the one that's given, going to give that fulfillment, that satisfaction uh, that, that we don't find in careers. And, and, and the frustration that we feel in and day after day, going to that job, and I hate my job, but I got to pay the bills kind of mentality. Uh, much rather be in a place where I like my job, or I, I enjoy what I do, and I feel a communion with God and a satisfaction that I'm heading in the direction He wants me to go. In a modern world, first of all, for practical reasons, the jobs are training. But in a modern world, almost nobody will work a job for the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, the career that you once had doesn't even exist in a modern world. So let's just start there. But you talked about it. After a while, you outgrow your job or whatever language you want to use. It's just not satisfying anymore. Now, that shouldn't be true if in this committing phase, I'm actually committed to becoming who God created me to be, so I'm increasing my skill level. I'm increasing my competency in an area of, and I'm going to use a, a biblical word, but ministry. That's serving other people. Really, if you've got a good job, you're going to do things according to who God created you to be that fits with that, that fits with your desires. You're going to increase your competency over a period of years in that specific area. And you can't do that unless you're what? You're committed. You can't do that unless you get education, unless you have mentors, if you do an apprenticeship, whatever. You've got to commit to training. You've got to commit to grow in a skill area. As you grow in that skill area, hopefully you'll move into that place that is satisfying, which is fulfilling. It's who God created you to be. So I'm no longer working a job. I'm doing a mission. I'm, I'm doing a ministry. I'm, I'm really living out the very will of God for my life. How many people get to experience that kind of a feeling in their lives? 
I'm I'm hit with along the way again or on the way, uh, and communion again, because those two things. Be present now. Uh, you're picking up things that are going to be of use along the way. Tools. Uh, I'm I like to build things, and and it's nice to have the 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 good tools, the necessary tools to do it. And and our daily life is is a daily experience of uh, obtaining the tools, of, of becoming familiar with them, and different uses for them. And I believe that we are workmen in God's sh- shop, and, and the process of collecting those tools and learning how to use them will pay down about dividends in the long run. And, and we need to be present in the day with an idea of where we're headed. And uh, it, that's exciting. I, I have almost two contradictory thoughts. I, I actually, it's fun to me to say this, this phrase, which is, when I grow up. And on the one hand, I still feel that way. I'm still learning. I'm still growing at such a level, and I actually have a vision to take the next step and to be training trainers and et cetera. So there's a part of me that's like, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I I haven't even come into my own yet. So someday when I grow up. You know, I don't I, think that day will ever happen. You I don't, don't think th- that day will ever happen? I don't think we'll ever quit learning. So, so you're, not, you're not putting me down with that, right? No, you're, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a perspective, and it's a, it's a very rich perspective if you have that potential of always being, being learning. I believe that when we progress to the higher level of heaven, It'll be a, a, a joy of discovery moment by moment. And, and I, I'm excited about trying to live in that uh, atmosphere right now, uh, to be excited about the potential of the moment with the idea that there's something even better in the future. And, and I do agree with you when I made my little comment there. I, I want to keep growing, and I don't just say that as a game. There is that sense out there that there's still something greater. I'm still growing into. I'm committed to building expertise, building information, building knowledge. Now, the flip side of that is I can also go back to what I talked about in the last segment of God speaking to me and me seeing who I am and where I am, and I'm committed in there, and I'm growing expertise, and I'm writing materials, and we're doing these programs. And you're working with that all the way through. There's a commitment and there's a developing of expertise where I can feel good about where I am today. And I love that word. I can be completely satisfied with today. I can be completely satisfied with where I am now. And yet I can look out there and I'm absolutely committed to growing. I'm absolutely committed to continuing this journey at a high level. That's a fun way to live when you've got both of those things operating at the same time. It's good to have a reason. Just to, to look forward for, for this day and for future both. Uh, there's nothing better. When you get to this committing level and you're living in this manner, there's a fulfillment in life that's, that's amazing. And I hope that each and everyone listening can experience that. We want to review these topics, we will continue in a moment.
That, the question I asked in class was, uh, why, did, why did God create you? What, what was the purpose? What was the, and, and that's where communion came in, uh, relationship. That's a long-term relationship, hopefully a, an eternal relationship. Uh, but it was interesting to, to watch and then listen to the struggle that they had in trying to give words to what my guess is most of them have never really thought about very deeply at all. And, and, and that process uh, is absolutely essential, I think. You've got to ask the question and, and, and find some sort of foundational thing that you can, you can build on. Uh, in this last segment, I want to talk about long-term relationship simply because in a broken world, that isn't happening. And again, I reference the book Good to Great, and they, they talk about the long-term relationships. And unless you develop deeper trust, unless these things are really at work over a longer period with the same kind of a team, and that doesn't mean you can't add a person, you know, change it. But unless there's a stability and a continuity, nothing great is ever going to be built. And I see as the number one issue in our culture today, because we are such a productivity culture, relationship takes a back seat, and then you get into broken families, you get husbands, wives who can't get along, and next thing you know, you have steps and you have everything else going on in there. We don't know how to do long-term relationship. The idea of committing and working through struggles is pretty much gone. At this point, your relationship is supposed to provide you pleasure, and if it's not providing you with the right level of pleasure, it's time to ditch that one and to move on. Yeah, and that goes more in terms of how we perceive pleasure. And our, our surface view of pleasure as a society has distorted all kinds of uh, ways of, of really looking at relationship and building a relationship because uh, we misperceive. Uh, the longest term relationship you're ever going to have is the one you have with God. And that, that, he's been here forever. And we'll be here forever. And he's brought you into this world, and uh, uh, you're going to make a decision on how long that relationship is going to go on. I like what you're saying about the distorted view of pleasure, because I can at least tell you for my life, I've described at multiple points during these sessions, how God has worked, how God has led me, growing in the skills, growing in the relationships with people getting the opportunity to sow into the lives of people and see people change and build and grow. You're talking real pleasure there. Yes. Now, it's not sexual pleasure. It's not, oh, jump up and down and laugh pleasure. But there's, there's a level, there's a kind of pleasure there that just, it's untouchable by what this world offers and, and certainly untouchable the way most people chase pleasure. It's not... Give me a, a suitcase full of money, and I'm going to be a happy person. Uh, that, that we just 
we we struggle with good vision. Uh, we just don't. We lack the maturity of of really seeing things as they are, and and the the gift that we've been given, the advantage we've been given, is that the Holy Spirit is available to all, and according to Scripture, that's what the Holy Spirit is for: is to bring clarity, to answer the questions we have, to speak the words we don't even have to speak or know how to speak them, and yet. Uh, with the choice that we have in receiving the, the Spirit or not receiving the Spirit, uh, we say yes or no to actually having a bigger picture and being able to paint things that we never even dreamed that we had the, the ability to and to rejoice in them. That sense of purpose, that sense of mission, we're, we're on that in this committing layer. When I have that, there is a fullness there, and I can clearly say, when I find the will of God for my life and I'm walking in that, there is just nothing like it in terms of pleasure, in terms of fulfillment, mission, all of those kinds of things. It's just so rich. You, you brought up earlier, though, that, that even in knowing uh, the purpose, uh, there are changes. And we need to be open to that. And, and really, again, that's the Holy Spirit work to give us the patience, to give us the, the reminder, you need to ask again, is this the, is this the right direction? Am I, am I responding in a way that, that goes in line with what you have in store for me? And how do I take this lesson, which I don't really see as part of the bigger picture, uh, and, but you're presenting it, is that something that is a big, is a part that I need to to inculcate into my, my thinking and my way of life? Or is, am I off track on that? So the constant renewal of the, of the dedication and the commitment to go forward uh, in, in company with the Holy Spirit uh, is a part of, uh, of progress. It's interesting. In this, this one, I seem to be bringing in more personal examples. But I can remember as a I was preparing for the ministry. I wasn't actually in a pastoral position yet, but the church was in desperate need for children's workers. So guess what? I led children's church for two years. And at the time, I'm kind of like, this isn't what I'm called to do. I mean, this isn't a—I'm the deep thinker, you know? Deep thinkers, children, uh, not a really great fit. But it's interesting, as I said in groups with people today, and I'm teaching, I get different people who talk about, oh, your facial expressions and, and the way you express yourself and et cetera. I learned that in children's church. Along the way. I learned <laughs> I, when, when God gave me that period of time and says, here, go do this. It doesn't really fit you. I learned to be ultra expressive and exciting and all of that sort of th things. I had to do that to be effective in children's church. And then later on, the church was at a point, again, new church, startup church. I actually led worship for a while. I mean, as pathetic as everything, but— You didn't sing, did you? I, I did. <laughs> it, it, was, it was bad. It was, it was a really bad season, okay? But what was interesting, I took just that whole unction of worship, and I, I passed that, that, that unction, that fire to worship God off to people. 
And even though the musical side of me was just like totally lacking and I was terrible in it, it actually worked. And then God's used that to help me teach others later on. You take these pieces that seemingly are just, they don't fit. It's interesting, back to our canvas and God creating from the womb, God's continually at work in this thing in ways that you don't know, you don't understand. So I take these pieces, and when I'm pretty sure it's God, I obey God, I follow through, God builds that back into me. Now, to back to the topic we've really been here, same thing happens with people. If there's anything that can or will build you, it's people. And Reunion. I, yes, it's amazing. And, and what I find is I see this all the time. The two people that need each other more than anyone else in the program will be at each other's throat, and they're ready to tear each other up, and there's this whole mess. And if I'm able to work with them, get them to settle that down, they, they discover, oh, wow, I really need this person. Now we're back to committing to people, and people end up being, I find, the bedrock, developing lasting relationships, learning from people who are different than me, who think different than me, learning and growing in those areas, it is such a huge part of this committing layer. Amen. Long-term relationship. That, that says it, because uh, we, we tend to be instant gratification people in our society, in our lives, in our daily existence. And, and really, the ones that matter are the ones that last. I'm hoping that this section really brings home the idea of committing. It's to people and developing the ability to have long-term relationships. It's certainly to God. I, I don't, probably shouldn't put it second, but committing to God and, and to fulfilling and walking in that place, but also committing to mission in the right way where I'm developing who I am and I'm being who I am along the way, and I'm not getting caught in a place where I'm trapped inside of a job or trapped inside of a job description, but I'm living, and I'm living life out in an organic, creative way. These are incredible ways to live. It's the last layer. It's the highest layer. When I'm walking in this place of committing, it's where God has called us to be and where God has called us to do life for an extended period of time, even though it's never finished. We keep growing every That's step of the way. That's long-term relationship. That's long-term. It's been fun. We actually will do one more, at least one more, because I want to talk about, I call it solutions. I want to talk about some ways to grow into some things, but we've finished the nine layers. It's been an incredible journey. I hope you've been with us in the journey. If not, you can go back and check out the podcast and pick up some of the previous ones. But it's been an amazing journey to go through the layers, the stages God wants to take us through. We hope to see you next time as we talk more of a solutions, one last kind of an overview. And thank you for joining us.
Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 101.